water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements by us two goofs, the novice leadist. And we've, uh, when I say goose, I mean, Caleb, we goofed. We, we're, we're in prison now. It was only a matter of time. How the mighty have fallen, even though we were never mighty to begin with. But even still, it's like, <laughs> oh, how, like, you know, finally, all after all those years of Isaac talking a bunch of smack and a bunch of stupidity, is finally ended up him getting canceled, and he's now in the boiling rock. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess we do deserve it. Hey, what, do, what do you mean, we? You're the one that's going to be about to free me. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll leave you in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of the Boiling Rock, we do have some uh, some new additions to the, the Avatar family here. I believe that this is a first-time writer. Mei Chan was the writer for part one, director Joaquin DeSantos, but it, it's been quite a while since we've had some new blood in the, uh, the writer's chair. Fresh meat. Fresh meat. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, no. Is that Toph on the other end of the call there? <laughs> um, and then the part two is written by our old pal Joshua Hamilton and Ethan Spaulding, our very familiar friends. I think Josh's last episode was maybe the Puppet Master. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe. I don't, I don't remember now. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Hey, that's a great one. Hey, hey yeah. No, definitely, definitely a great one. As for directors, though... Joaquin did something recently, and uh, Ethan. Uh, I'm talking about the show. I'm obviously yes. We all know he was in the. He directed the Across the Spider Verse. I know. I'm just talking like in the show. Mm. So, yeah, I remember mm. that. Anyways, um, okay, Caleb, take a gander as to whom was uh, each part animated by. Oh boy, I. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming Moy had their their hands into this this mess. Considering that DR movies <laughs> gone mess this feels like some way but which part though um because i think both parts are spotty but oh man oh man interesting i mean the first one's definitely the superior one that's probably jm you're correct in both sir okay okay good yeah because i mean the first one it's definitely superior definitely superior but anyway you still think there's a bit of scuff to it eh? a little bit of scuff here or there yeah but well hopefully not too much jank for the likes of uh, our standards here um well but just to quickly jump in and knock out the summary before we get into this episode uh proper now strap in folks this is a, a two-parter that we're covering today so it's going to be a long long summary here we begin this episode with the boomerangs enjoying some downtime in the western air temple and while the group is sharing a meal Sokka takes Zuko aside to see if the Fire Prince can share any insight on where prisoners of war would be held within the Fire Nation prison system. Zuko suggests the most likely location is the Boiling Rock, a maximum security prison surrounded by a boiling lake. Sokka tries to sneak off on his own to visit the prison, but Zuko tags along. They take Zuko's hot air balloon, 
but lose the vessel as they crash land near the prison due to the steam of the boiling lake disrupting their propulsion system. They sneak into the facility and quickly blend in by stealing some guard uniforms. They don't find Hakoda in the prison, much to Sokka's sadness, but instead they do find a silver lining in the form of Suki. But while Sokka makes an attempt to meet with her, Zuko is captured. The prison warden comes to see him, and we find out that he's May's uncle, and not only is he angry at Zuko's betrayal of the Fire Nation, but also his treatment of his niece. He plans to keep Zuko there until he can turn him into the Fire Lord. But with Sokka still in active duty, he's able to devise a plan for the three of them to escape, although with another prisoner tagging along, Chit Sang, who overhears their planning. When the day of escape comes, all seems to be going to plan, until a new shipment of prisoners arrive, and among them is Hakoda. Suki, Sokka, and Zuko decide to stay to try and free Hakoda, while Chit Sang and two uninvited friends of his take off on the original plan. This turns out to be a bust, and they realize that that plan won't work going forward. But Chit Sang proves himself loyal when he's given the opportunity to point out which guard helped him in his escape, and doesn't call out Sokka. And in the meantime, Sokka meets his dad, and the group formulate another plan to escape. But before they can enact it, Mei comes to pay Zuko a visit, and reads the letter he left her when he fled the Fire Nation. Still furious at his betrayal, Zuko has a chance to show her why he made the choice he did. But meanwhile, the plan is set in motion, with two requirements being put out at the top. One, that they kidnap the warden, and two, set off a prison riot. Chit Sang kicks off the riot, and Suki manages to capture the warden. Zuko manages to escape his cell, locking up Mei in the process, and the two share a meaningful look before he takes off to join the rest of the group. The escape seems to be a success, as they ride off on the only viable path out of the prison, which is one of the two connecting gondolas that bring in and out prisoners. But things take a turn for the worse when Azula and Tai Lee arrive and set an attack at the group. On the gondola, the word manages to get a word back to his troopers and tells them to start cutting the gondola's tether. But Mei shows up and in a surprise turn, puts the fight to the guards on the ground, throwing her lot in with Zuko. And while she does what she can to help prison team A, Tai Lee and Azula find themselves shocked and dismayed at the actions by Mei. And as the gang escapes, Azula returns to the prison proper and confronts her, nearly setting an attack on her fellow Azula attack squad member. But before she can get in her first blow, Tai Lee uses her chi-blocking abilities to disable Azula's firebending. Azula has both of them arrested, seemingly breaking the Azula attack squad. And with prison team A, they discover the location of Azula's craft, and they steal it, flying off to return to the Western Air Temple, where they meet up with the gang, and Katara, Sokka, and Hakoda share a family hug as we end the boiling rock. Anyways, if you all wish to follow along with us, even though, again, play the game of how many times you're going to be <laughs> hitting play over and over again. we got 46 minutes here for us. You know the drill. Um, we're watching this on our Blu-rays, so uh, if you have the legally or illegally purchased Vons, digital or physical, get the time appropriate, but we're not exactly going to be doing that right now because we're going to hit play right now. So, okay, here's my thought. Uh, this is dating ourselves. I don't care. Um, as, as before I get to, you know, obviously say my line, this is 2007, probably when they make this right. But the Mm. end of the series is in 2008. I wonder if there, this series was going to get affected by the writer's strike of 2008. Oh, that, that's interesting. I, yeah, I I don't know anything about that, but hmm. 
I don't think so. I don't know how that would work. I guess they are technically tied to that whole the Screen Actors and Actor or, and Writers Guild. What's her son? So anyway, we're we're starting off this episode back in the old Western Air Temple. And Caleb, we I fought we finally did it. Yeah, audience, we have we have we have good news. We can I I we we did some R and D. I said you know uh, previously in the uh, past in last week it was like okay we got the tail we have the Duke and we have. Haru, uh, as they're you know the little side gang to the uh, the the boomerangs, right? And it's like, oh, we need a name for them. I have come up, or we have, excuse me, come up with a name. Oh, that is, I'm guys, it may be copyrighted, but it makes sense. They are the Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, and for that reason, it's because it's very easy. Uh, so for stone, that's obvious. They're all earthbenders, but also the well, they they from the Earth Kingdom, excuse me. But uh, Haru is an earthbender, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, temple, uh, because well, it's the Duke. Why wouldn't he want to like you know have a temple devoted to himself? Of course. And then pilots, Teo Teo is a pilot because we saw him you know pilot the air glider, and he also piloted piloted um, those tanks uh, back in the uh, day of the Black Sun. So yeah, I think it uh, pretty much makes sense. Now we're gonna get sued by the uh, the band. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of them, I do appreciate that we get to see at least a brief little glimpse of our uh, our group of new additions to the boomerangs, because uh, yeah, they've been they've just been in the background. I was hoping that they would do more with them when they joined up with the group, but yeah, nothing much yet. You know what I wish they did? Uh, talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they barely get a line in before we quickly switch away from them and it just moves to Zuko and Yen and uh, Sokoff on their own. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, we open it off at, at, at night uh, where the spirits are high, I'll say that. It's not only that, but like, uh, there's not a mother, like, you know, it's uh, Zuko has uh, done the nice and selfless thing of serving everybody tea. I'm pretty sure that gets him some points from everybody and everybody seems to be be open to this and uh they welcome that with it even even guitar and Sokka, they don't seem to be as ribbing and and uh as nasty as they were in the last episode they seem to have uh, either warmed up or cooled down when it comes to their rage against this guy it's settling in hmm. yeah which is nice which is nice Un- unfortunately though uh one thing that they won't uh deny and at least poke fun at is when zuko attempts to tell a joke well firebenders never known for their their humor uh, yeah, especially uh, these past hundred years. I don't know what they definitely were talking about there, but you do definitely do make a good point there. Uh, but he seems to at least be okay with uh, being insulted of like, ah, you mismurmur. Which is nice. He's been pretty patient uh, throughout the past couple episodes with just, yeah, maybe there's a culture clash. And he's like, okay, I'm trying to experience new cultures. So so I'll take the little bit of digs that they, they throw my way because, of course, my culture has had a pretty negative influence on, on everyone. Oh, totally. Um, so yeah, he serves everybody, and he uh, then goes uh, to serve Sokka last, but Sokka leaves. He goes over to uh, another area and kind of pontificates and then wonders something. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he starts thinking about you know Zuko with his connections with the Fire Nation, of course, being high up in the ranks. Maybe he'd know something about where they would keep their prisoners of war, because he, the thoughts of his failed plan are still weighing on him. Which I appreciate them calling back to that little little bit there. Because we haven't really seen too much of Sokka's thought process after losing that plan that he's been planning for like half a season. Or more than half a season <laughs> up to that point. Yes, no, you are, are definitely correct uh, in that he either is feeling guilt or just, yeah, feeling that he has let down everybody there. 
So I definitely appreciate that they're following up that uh, a bit, bit later, of course. But no, it's, it's definitely good that we're having that. And of course, yeah, it makes sense for him to uh, seek the counsel or at least seek the information and intelligence from Zuko, given that, yeah, he is basically like, yeah, he's got a lot of thoughts. He, he, he knows things. Yeah, and, and Zuko, he's like, okay, I, I don't know if I'd know specifically where your dad would end up. Uh, but I got a good uh, hunch that it might be at uh, the Boiling Rock, the titular Boiling Rock, which he mentions that they flew right over on their way to this temple here, coincidentally. I didn't see that in, the, in that episode, though, but like... Uh, Me neither. Skipping <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but there you go. Uh, it's a cool feature where it's probably a hot spring or something like that, or uh, there's some form of like, you know, volcano underneath mm -hmm. uh, where it's in the middle of this like scalding lake. I think that's really cool. That's a really cool setting to to sound like. So uh, let's, let's go and see this rock, shall we? Even though it's a prison. <laughs> Yep, and for some reason they decide to sneak off on their own. They don't want to tell the rest of the group where they're going, and so they just hop into uh, his air balloon, seemingly. Well, first they were going to use Appa, but... Well, yeah, first Sokka's going to do it himself, uh, but then Zuko is like, nope, I know what you're up to, and instead of using Appa, it's like, maybe we should use a hot air balloon, because uh, Appa is a person, of course, and they may need, and it also may arouse suspicion. So it's just like, yeah, let's let's leave the ride here. I mean, the the person here. Excuse me. Yeah, I did like that when Zuko catches him when he's climbing up. I thought that was a cute little moment. Zuko getting to getting used to Sokka's ways, kind of starting to figure him out a little bit more. Yeah, if only I had figured you out like you know two seasons ago, I would have like you know had you guys uh, instantly. Yeah, and I do like that. Uh, they give the two of them this moment to bond throughout this episode and bond on because Sokka's had this recent failure. He wants to uh, redeem himself and try to, you know, make up for his mistakes in the past, which is, of course, the, the whole reason that Zuko's here with them. It's a, a great little bit of uh, shared ground that they found here. Or to also explain it the way Sokka said it is he needs to regain his honor. Regain his honor. Yep. Hmm, sounds like uh, somebody I know who uh, definitely uh, can can relate and give some wise words as well to that. Yeah, where's where's Uncle Iroh? Prince Sokka, you don't have to do this. <laughs> what a terrible Prince Sokka, what the <laughs> hey. Uh, by the way, just a funny image just to uh, look land on 0447 of just Momo with his mouth open like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the morning. I'm tired and uh, Lazy, like, sack of fluff. Anyway. Aww. <laughs> hey, 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 I don't mean that. I mean that in a good way. Hey, that sounds pretty mean, but... Like a small pillow, anyway. But yeah, so they, they leave on the hot, uh, their hot air balloon, and which is nice that they still have, which is which is a good thing. I guess that's... No, they used Oppa last... Um, in the last episode. But uh, it seems that they left a note, because they at least have to cover their tracks and be like, all right, we're not, like... Don't worry, we're fine. We're uh, we're, we got we gotta like you know come with excuse. It's the old fishing excuse. Like we're we're both men. We're gruff men. Ooh, and we need to oof get oof meet ooh. Yeah, and I'm sure it was Zuko. He's like, oh, you know, I've been I've I've gotten used to writing these notes lately. Let me take this over. I've gotten really good at it. So maybe we'll pick up on that in this this two parter as well. Hmm. There's definitely that indeed. I also love the note that he gives to Aang, uh, where it's like every time you hear one of those like bullfrog, uh, whatever's uh, chimeric beasts croak, you have to do like twenty squats or whatnot. So he's giving them homework, and Aang's muttering, "I'm freaking fresh for it. I know one else has to do homework for it. I thought that was cute. Yeah, I like that. 
But so the two of them take to the skies. They're uh, soaring along, and and then it's getting a little bit awkward. They're like, okay, like you know, we really don't know each other that well. Let's uh, have, what are we going to talk about here? Like the first time you and I met, or were put uh, next to each other. Yeah, except they don't have a they don't have a phone with headphones that they can just tune out the other person like I was doing. Exactly, because <laughs> they'd rather the other person just shut up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> But they're bonding over some, you know, uh, some some clouds or maybe the absence of not actually saying anything. But, you know, uh, the origins of the war balloon and the fact that it was Teo's dad, that the the mechanist who designed this thing. Yeah, I thought that was cute. I like that reference as well. Oh, that was fun. That was, that was a, yeah, that was a really good reference. Um, came back to them and also talking about like, you know, family and, you know, how not all of Zuko's family is, I guess, evil or uh misguided or you know, stuck in their ways for once is for one thing his mother i know he's not saying it but also uncle iroh yeah yeah which again reminded me of like oh man i'm i'm sure missing that guy in this this season he's really i understand why he's not part of it but it still makes me very sad to see how much he's been scrubbed from this book as compared to uh the previous ones again it's understandable it's not a complaint because i know why they had to, why they ultimately did it but it's just such a shame, I think. I kind of like it though that it's it's really building suspense and intrigue of like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna show up? Because we left it off uh, during the day of Black Sun, where uh, he breaks out of prison, seemingly without his firebending. So it's like, oh, what's happening there? So it's like now it's like a mystery of like, oh, where's Uncle Iroh? Like, what is is he doing something? And behind the scenes, what's happening? Yeah, no, I guess that's fair. That is fun. I do appreciate that a little bit um and so they keep bonding bonding and then like the idea of girlfriends then comes up yes uh, so they exchange you know uh different girlfriends they've had uh or excuse me they've at least known and obviously zuko mentioning my that gloomy girl who sighs a lot that's one way of putting a Sokka. yeah me by the way <laughs> yeah sorry yeah me my apologies i'm still thinking of my shiranui we'll get to her one day it's it's just funny how long it's been yeah, no, well, it's because there's two different ways of saying it, of course. That's the problem. It's like... Yeah, spelled the same way, yeah. Spelled the same way, exactly, yeah. Like, this Mai and May are... Well, yeah, this May, excuse me, that Mai are... Anyway, I guess one, one okay. might be the Chinese way of saying it. The other... Well, actually, no, because that's with me. Anyway, excuse me. Yeah. Um, And then Sakura lays his uh, harem that he's, you know, had over the past series. Yeah, or at least one member. You know, an ex-member, I should say. His first girlfriend who... uh. Yeah, now's the moon. I love uh, Zuko's response of, that's rough, buddy. <laughs> that's that's probably like one of the best comebacks and or like best responses ever. You know, they just cut to a shot of Sokka just pouting. I was like, oh, this, this guy's actually had a lot going on. Like we don't get a lot of moments to really be like, oh, let's look into the heart of Sokka. Usually he's just there for being the butt of a joke. But yeah, he's had a tough time. Yeah, no, he's there, there's been ups, there's been downs. You know, the freaking like just for for just for an example, trying to um, get the that that town that jet was about to flood uh, that had Earth Kingdom people in there, um, trying to get them to c- convince them to uh, you know leave quickly before the dam exploded. Like that was that may have been stressful. Yeah, and speaking of stress, as they uh, they arrive at the the volcano, the top of it. They have to make their landing over this. Is it like an acid lake or is it just a boiling lake? I couldn't quite It's tell. a boiling lake, like scalding water. Like put your hand inside boiling water and see what happens. 
like like I said, there's like a hot spot or there's like a bunch of lava and or like heat underneath the lakes. So it's kind of like, I guess, Yellowstone. No, it's not Yellowstone, obviously, because that's like, you know, a geyser. But the same way as like, you know, natural heat uh, from within the earth is boil- bubbling this entire. I think Iceland has some stuff like this. Again, the, like the Fire Nation is surprisingly based off of both Japan and Iceland. But Iceland, when it comes to topography and the fact that it's all heat related. Um but anyways, one of the problems actually, and this is kind of cool, this is a physics thing. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't verify this, but I'm assuming that because the show likes its physics and whatnot, and likes to deal with real world stuff. Um, but they like as as they go into the uh, dome itself or into the pit, um, all the steam is actually causing the boat or the, the sorry the boat. Well, it could be a sky boat. Um, the the balloon to lower itself uh, to start uh, descending, even though Zuko is feeding it uh, a lot of flames uh, with his hands, excuse me, or with his fire, excuse me. So it's like uh, because what was it? The air is hot enough. Uh, it's it's surrounding the balloon. This means that there's too much of it, I believe, and it's it's descending. Yeah. Or there's an explanation here. I forget. Air outside is just as hot as the air inside. There we go. Yeah. So we can't fly. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how the physics of that work, but I, I, I could just be ignorant. So <laughs> I feel like it's it, may, it, it does make sense. Um, what is it? I, uh, if I, I wish this was in a Miyazaki film as well, uh, where there was like something like that, and you know, flying sea was there anyway. Um, there's there's a quick setup by the way of when Sokka or when they hit the water uh, because it's kind of like a boat. Um, Sokka gets splashed with some of the water, and he holds in a scream just yeah. to uh you know prevent being hurt or anything like that surprised nobody like guards weren't surrounding them because they may have heard like the <laughs> balloon drop onto the ground but anyways yeah and speaking of dropping on the ground the balloon it doesn't have a very happy landing obi-wan would be uh quite dissatisfied with this one here and yeah their vessel ends up being pretty much destroyed definitely not a happy landing that is yeah, and Sokka admits that he expected this to be a one-way ticket. He didn't think the balloon was going to be able to take them back. And so he just kind of kicks the wreckage into the sea to let it disappear. And uh, I guess like Inland Lake or whatever you want to call it. But yeah. uh, even and this is where like one of the things we get with, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if it'd be, if you would call it drama, but definitely like counterpoints to each other. They're not ribbing at each other or anything like that, but Definitely one of the things in this episode is that, or these two episodes, excuse me, because it's a two-parter, um, is uh, planning out stuff. Uh, Zuko knows this definitely for the whole thing. These two, that's what these two are, are known for as well. They're both like, you know, either strategists or at least they come up with plans. And Zuko really was thinking more by the, his emotions in it two, two books ago, whereas Sokka was the one who was trying to think logically and get them to like the next step, whatever that may be. Yep. So it was interesting, like, you know, we have a contrast between like, you know, how each of them tackles the situation. Yeah, a little bit of uh, your reverse position. And Zuko even brings up like, oh, my uncle always talked about, you know, me, you know, doing without thinking. And but this is like, this is crazy what you're doing here. This is even worse than the things I do. So I thought that was kind of fun. And again, keeping Iroh in mind, even though we're not seeing him, I, I appreciate that as well. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, again, he had a big influence on Zuko. For Pitt's sake, he had a big influence on everybody. He left a you know lasting impression, so that's a that's a definitely a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there is some truth to what Zuko is saying. I will obviously get into it. Don't worry, because we have a lot, a lot, a lot to do. But yeah, I think um, what what he is saying is like, yeah, sure, I didn't have a plan, but especially when he yelled at me for you know or you know trying to capture appa like under lake cloud guy but it's like 
yeah, there's uh, somehow through serendipitous means, I was able to like get out of there. Uh, uns- maybe not unscathed, but at least I got out of there alive. Yeah, and speaking of through vague uh, serendipitous, I don't know what to call this, but I did find this gap where they're on that beach looking like, how are we going to get there? And all of a sudden, I guess there's no guards around guarding the uh, the guard supply room, clothing room. Because they managed to sneak inside and dress up as guards without anyone noticing them. And just integrate themselves in, masquerade as guards. There's no, I guess, counting of how many people we have in this facility. Uh, I was a little bit like, okay, uh, I'll give the episode this, but this feels like it's fudging the details a little bit. Not only that, but it's like, they don't know the layout of this place. They just assume, like, oh, there's a grate over there. It's like, how come a prisoner hasn't, like, tried this already? Yeah. And it's, of course, like the old trope of, oh, you know, it's a, you know, grates, you know, it's a video game trope nowadays of, oh, yeah, just go through the grate. Like air vents, you know, wide enough to put a person in there. Nope, not true at all. Darn you, diehard. Um, but anyway, actually, funny enough, uh, previously, I was like, OK, how did they get in that? Maybe because I was when I watched it, there was sunlight and I couldn't exactly see everything because, you know, it was dark. And I didn't see that they opened that vent mm-hmm. uh, a covering. And now I did now because it's dark out. And I'm like, oh, that's how they got in. But that's still your your point still remains. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's just like um, Bruce Wayne in Dark Knight Rises, where it's like, how the hey did he get back to Gotham all like when he was stuck in wherever in the Lazarus pit? Who knows where uh, he's and somebody once put it, he's there because he needs to be there. <laughs> Yeah, just it just again, I won't hold it against the episode. I'll just try to skip past it. <laughs> but it does feel like getting there feels a little bit fudged. Yeah, it's just, you know, they probably did some uh, introduce some fudging there. Hopefully it's at least, you know, uh, tasty fudge because who doesn't want tasty fudge anyways? Yeah, and I'll say uh, so far and who knows, maybe in this episode, I'll see what I thought was there. But I, I'm beginning to wonder if I wasn't just so influenced by the animation in the second part that I was transferring some of it to this first part. But at least for my my one thing that stood out so far in this second viewing, just all the guards running in the hallway when they're like, hey, you guys, what are you guys doing standing over there? Join with us. All the repeated guard effects I thought looked a little bit funny, but not bad, just a little bit funny. I mean, that's like the one thing. I'm sure there's a whole crowd shot when we go into the like the, the main like courtyard or whatever, but like the open space, but like... I I give it a pass just that it's, t- it's TV animation and like all the character designs are really good looking. I mean, okay, that's not an excuse, of course, but like no, no, I don't know. I give it a I give it a pass just because like yeah, you gotta like cut corners sometimes, and it didn't seem like if they have to reuse stuff like that, it's fine, it's inconsequential. I'm not like that picky. I'm not that anal. No, yeah, and I think I think I was just so influenced by that second half that I would just like oh screw, screw this animation, it looks terrible. I think I had some of that. <laughs> Funny how it bled over from the second part, not the first part. Well, you know, sometimes it, the most recent thing you watched, I just kind of. No, that is true. What am I thinking? What am I saying? Yeah, and I'll, I'll mention this. Back when I watched uh, book three, uh, however many years ago that was, maybe 2019, I had this prevailing view that I was like, oh, book three, you know, those first two seasons, great animation. Book three, it fell through the floor. <laughs> And that's not really been the case. There's definitely been some some standout episodes that it's like, oof. But for the most part, it's been just inconsistent, not uh, consistently bad. There's still been lots of good. 
think there's a reason for that, and obviously I think we'll get to the reason why. <laughs> yeah, so after they get their costumes, they get swept up in this this kind of big spectacle. A guard is he, he's dealing some discipline to this uh, Chit Sang, this prisoner who supposedly committed a heinous act of uh yeah do you want to say what the act was this uh this unruly behavior caleb mentions is not bowing to this i guess higher up guard uh when he passed oh off with his head off with his head off with his head he's biting his finger at the to the guillotine yeah and so this guard he's like okay you know you want to you want to act like you're the top dog around here? Well, let's uh, let's put it to the test. Let's have a little battle here, a little duel. And we'll see how tough you are compared to me. And Sokka and Zuko are just standing by the side and just witnessing this, yeah, how the prisoners are treated in this prison. And uh, not only that, uh, but the, the, the guard himself uh, kind of tricks, he tricks Chitsang uh by you know unleashing a fire whip at him it's kind of like a almost like a mini agony kai duel and yeah. he whips at shang but shang's like nope or sorry saying excuse me uh he he blocks it he's a firebender also he blocks uh the the, the whip and the attack and re- redirects it back to him and of course the guard catches him being like oh you should know better Hmm. can't firebend in this place it's forbidden so not only is it forbidden for earthbenders to earthbend when they were you know all the way back um and imprisoned but this time even in the fire nation like their own nation like their own like criminals or those who they've imprisoned can also not firebend fascinating quite the uh way of enforcing their 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 beliefs and their will onto others yeah i like that and it's, it's I guess, a, a good setup for something that's going to play a big part later in the episode as the punishment for firebending is you got to go to uh, the, what was it, the cold zone uh, from uh, uh, Batman and Rob. Maybe you can help me out. <laughs> uh, snow zone, ice zone. Yeah, so they're like, we're putting you in the cooler. Get in there. And so, yeah, you got to sit in this little refrigerated unit where, yeah, you're Unable to use your 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 firebending abilities because it, I guess, lowers your body temperature or an ice box doesn't allow the oxygen. Yeah, or what we used to do every Monday. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes. People wouldn't get that joke, but no, yeah. no, or at least plenty of people who work in coolers and and whatnot wouldn't get it. <laughs> Dude, I went to I went to like um, what was I went into Costco's freezer one time like a while back, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is coming back to me, even though I was wearing like shorts and and thongs. I was like, no, yeah, or flats. Um, yeah, it's this, this is yeah, flip flops. This uh, sort of coming back to me, but it was also getting cold. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, you know, it seems like our guys uh, Zuko and and Sokka, they're they're getting along well. They're learning the ropes pretty quick for this group here. They're learning the the lingo. They're they're hanging out in the lunchroom, getting to know some some of their peers. I think that stuff's kind of fun in the episode as well. Yeah, even giving, uh, even though these guys are, you know, like part of the Fire Nation, they're also given at least some like characterization, which is nice. We we see faces of these guards. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. Uh, as Zuko, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a new guy and whatnot. I'm keeping my helmet on because you all probably know who I am. Uh, so I got a question for you guys. And the guard goes, no, you cannot date other female guards. Yeah, I like that. I like that joke. That's fun. I will just say, like, it is a bit like, uh, I'm not going to say, like, um, 
what is it? It's it's not suspicious, but definitely he asks like, "Hey, where are the war criminals?" It's like eh, I feel like that would tip their hat off, or that that would kind of like tip them on something like, "Hey, wait a minute, why why would he ask that?" Well, you know, he's he's trying to get a sense of who they're they're protecting, and we do see later in the episode that these guards, if some of the guards have a vendetta against certain types of prisoners. They're fully fine letting uh, the guards indulge in their abusing of those prisoners. I so. see the higher ups are okay with the the grunt workers doing the you know messing around. Okay, fair enough. Hey, the grunt workers too. We'll get to it, but they're like, you want ten, you want five minutes to beat up a prisoner? Ah, uh, we'll just stand aside and let you do it. So <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> Jeez, fair enough. Um, all right. Anyway, so next scene we see a gondola. We see. Uh, how the prisoners and I guess other staff members get to and from the middle of the uh, boiling rock, which is by gondola. Mm. Yeah, this is like a maximum security prison. So, yeah, this is the only way in or out this gondola. And yeah, we'll get more of that a little bit later. But first, we have to cut over to to Zuko, or I think it's Sokka actually, not Zuko. I was I always want to confuse their names for some reason. I don't know why. Ah, uh, yeah, we did the same thing, but uh, no, yeah, they're 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 in there and they're watching the cooler uh, of Chitsang and whatnot. And in comes or in uh, over arrives the uh, I guess VIP yeah. that was on the uh, on the condola, and it would be, apparently it is apparently the warden himself. Yeah, yeah, I kept waiting for. Uh... Where's uh, the female prisoner Scorpion to pluck out one of his eyes? <laughs> no, I, I, I could be wrong on this. And maybe this isn't a commentary, but I, and I didn't look this up. So I'm ignorant and uh, incorrect. But I, I believe that this is the same guy who voiced or this, the, the voice of this uh, warden is, I think, one of the same guys from Prison Break. Oh, oh, interesting. I, I don't know anything about that. Hmm. OK, I, 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 I forgot if you're a Prison Break guy. I watched the first three seasons when they were on, uh, but I never finished it and I never gone back to it. So it's been, wow, it's probably been close to 20 years. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, fair enough. Jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope that's not true. I, I... <laughs> Especially when, um, no, it wouldn't be 20 years by that point because it was, because I feel like it was, I thought it started like, bef- was it two years? I feel like Lost and that show started about the same time, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I think so. It started 2005. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I guess that is getting close to 20 years. That's getting close to 20 years. Don't get me wrong. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that film or that, that series also got, was also highly uh, affected by the strike. Oh, yeah. I think that's when it was canceled. Uh, well, it's Fox. So who, who would be surprised? But actually, that makes me wonder, what did Lost do uh, when it got affected by the writer's strike? I think that was the third season. And uh, hmm, that's a good question. I remember there was a long hiatus with the one of the seasons of Lost, where they like took a big break in the middle. Maybe that was that that writer strike season. Interesting. Anyway, no. So I, I I'll probably like you know confirm and or deny this later. But um, but anyway, the warden he comes into the cooler here and mocks uh, Chitsang for trying to escape because he has a perfect record of no escape attempts. Um, Warden, you should probably talk to one Colonel, uh, Colonel Clink, excuse me, of Stalag 13. I feel like, uh, Mm. maybe as a predecessor, he'll, uh, he'll give you some tips on, you know, how to prevent an escape attempt happening from, uh, prisoners anyway. (laughs) 
Yeah, I do like the presence though right away from this guy. I think the the character design is good. I think the performance by whoever was the performer, I didn't look it up. <laughs> Maybe some prison break guy. I think it's immediately like, okay, this is this is going to be the villain for this two-parter and and he seems like he's one to keep an eye on. So I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, gruff and you know, he's he's that type of just like he wants perfect perfection or whatnot, just like Azula. <laughs> hey, there we go. Um but anyways, uh, so he leaves and leaves Chitsang to the Kula for like 30 days or whatever it is, or maybe 30 more minutes. Yeah. I have no idea. And so Sokka then uh, goes away and uh, then we, we re- rendezvous uh, with Bo- uh, with Zuko uh, again and a, at a, on a railing. Yeah. And Zuko lets him know that he's been he's been trying to feel around a little bit to figure out if there's any water tribe prisoners here. And unfortunately, it seems like. Yeah, that's not the case. So a little bit of a misadventure uh, coming here so far. It would seem, yes, as though, the, um, yeah, this whole th- prison uh, heist or this break-in was, or breakout, excuse me, was a bust. That's, uh, well, I just have uh, I've caught with my pants down. That's not good. Yeah. And as Sokka kind of sits aside, captured by the emotion of not just once again, maybe feeling like a failure, but the fact that, you know, he's probably very, worried about what's happening to his dad and would love some sort of uh confirmation zuko realizes oh you know i'm the only person here to kind of lend a shoulder to this guy and i don't know how to do that i'm i'm zuko i barely know how to lend a shoulder for myself so the way that i'll try to do it is to emulate my uncle what would he say which i think is really cute i i think that makes sense for his character and i think that's just a another cute way to keep iroh in our minds Oh yeah, no, uh, definitely spitting out some cones so much that you inst- that uh, Uncle Iroh is in the wrong kind of business of going into a tea uh, a tea shop and says should have gone into the ice cream business for all the amount of like cones that he's scooping up here. <laughs> um, but as you know, he's pontificating and you know coming up with stuff. Sokka, something catches his eye. He rolled a really good on his perception or his spot check and spotted something that he himself cannot even believe. And it must be to be. It must be seen by all those who can perceive and, and see to themselves. Yeah. And even and, and then he's like, "Oh, hey, look at that!" And then Sokka's like, or Zuko's is like, "Ah, yeah, no, even I didn't even realize what I'm going to talk about." <laughs> and this will be the person that Sokka has laid eyes on is one of his, uh, one of the one of the troops in his his harem, of course, and that'd be Suki. So she lives. Interesting. Yeah, and he. Not only does he have the heart eyes when he sees her, I got the heart eyes too. I think that they that it really gave her a really pretty design in this episode. Well, I guess at like thirteen thirty nine, you can definitely get a real good look at her, like just I guess lying down or whatnot, as she just stares, you know, into into the wall. She's prisoner. I don't know if she like you know put etched any like tallies of how long she's been there or whatnot. There's probably several prisoners in this. This facility, but yeah, this is co-op. I guess yeah, since the Fire Nation is very co-ed or co-op, excuse me, or not co-ed, but <laughs> excuse me, but um, uh, mix, excuse me, with with both uh, male and female, and probably any of those between her unaffiliated. Um, she's also in with the entire uh, with both the with the men and the women, I guess. But I'm really seeing any other men in there. But now that she couldn't survive in there, but uh, or hold her own in there. But yeah, no, it's wait, other men. I mean, other women. Excuse me. Yeah, men, other women. Excuse me. Yeah, we see them a little bit later. Yeah, it does seem like they strangely mix the general population, which 
I would not think is the norm. <laughs> I would definitely not think that's the norm, but I mentioned earlier how these guards seem pretty lax with how they treat their, like if a guard wants the cover to uh, potentially abuse a prisoner, they seem like they're fine with doing it. Oh boy. And the way this scene plays, I don't know if it was intended to be the way it was, but it comes off a little bit like, oh no, this this prison seems not good. <laughs> The the way that by the way I cannot okay that's kind of funny how Sokka looks like Char from Gundam that's just that's slurred I don't know why um but like the the, the fact that like there's Sokka at like thirteen fifty one like all smug and just like ah oh, yeah I know something you don't and she's you know a prisoner and thinking that this is just a prison guard coming to rough her up or do something worse and he like moves in on her it's like okay what Caleb's saying makes sense and is quite awkward actually yeah i mean he's like oh like let's let's make out he goes right in for the kiss and she Jeez. she has to immediately jump to defense and beating him up and yeah i mean uh, if if she went too far with that beating maybe she'd wind up on a cooler too i mean they they seem to care more about the guards and the prisoners here so yeah, well, yeah, no, that's that's definitely something. But uh, so, but as soon as, thankfully, as soon as uh, she suspects something, well, <laughs> some some violation uh, of her personal space, excuse me, um, there you go. she reacts and pushes him back against the wall and like almost a one inch punch and blasts his helmet off and it's Sokka and she is more than happy to see him. She got tears in her eyes after she embraces him. Oh boy, that's good. That's a, that's definitely something that she needed if she's been in this prison for quite some time. Again, I don't I do not know what happened. I guess yeah, this makes sense. Azula ambushed them when they were helping out Oppo all the way back in book two, and I still know where those other like traitorous, treacherous like uh, Kyoshi warriors <laughs> came from. But like, oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually, uh, Sokka asks that question of where are the other ones? Like, where are the where's like her other teammates and the Kyoshi Warriors? Yeah, and she's she has no idea. She's like, I'm I'm in here because I'm important. Apparently, I'm the leader. So it's like this is a high profile case. It's like, huh? But I have no idea where those those my, my other like you know ladies are. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. But then the scene ends with uh, Sokka getting exactly what he wanted and getting an old smooch from her. Yeah, and this is when the plan, I mean, it's already been a haphazard plan that they've been, they've just thrown together by pretending to be guards. This is when it really falls apart as Zuko, he's standing watch outside and a woman guard comes over and it's like, okay, like, what's going on here? I need to get into that, that cell, step aside, please. And Zuko panics. I mean, if, if he knew more about the guard culture, he could just been like, Oh yeah, you can get in a minute. There's another guard in there. He's roughing up that prisoner. You know, she was talking back. Like he probably could have done that, but instead he decides to uh, attack her. Yeah, hold his own and uh, keep. Basically, yeah, get, blow his whole cover just so Sokka can like either escape or you know get away. And that it does. That that gambit actually pays off because the. <laughs> The guard doesn't like the, the the approaching guard doesn't notice Sokka come out of the prison or of the uh, cell, excuse me, and then assumes him just to be like a random like passerby and is like, "Get me, get this guy off of me." Yeah, and what's funny is when Sokka comes to help. At first, I thought that he was going to pretend to help and then knock out her, and then the two of them were going to run. Uh, but now he he's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll come and join, and we'll just arrest Zuko." 
and make the plan even more complicated now because now Zuko's a prisoner. Oh boy, well, quite the gambit they have. This is turning into an escalation, and that may not be a good thing because all escalations in a downfall or end in a downfall. Excuse me. Yeah, I even figured they were going to be like, "Oh, it's a woman guard. We can just knock her out, put her in the prison, and put Suki in her outfit, and then she can masquerade as a guard as they try to escape." That's where I thought it was going to go. Did not think of that. The old bait and switch that would have probably worked. Yeah, that's what I figured was going to happen. So I was surprised that now he he joined in with locking up. Uh, uh zuko i was almost gonna say suko again <laughs> i don't know why i get their names mixed up <laughs> you know like i said you at least admitted you at least acknowledged uh, a whole bunch of people's like uh <laughs> fanship and uh anyway so yeah the gambit works uh and Sokka apprehends suko and zuko is sent to a cell yeah yeah when the warden comes to pay him a visit apparently i guess he uh I don't know if someone else came in like tattletailed like, hey, uh, Warden, this guy's got that scar like Prince Zuko. Or if he just goes and kind of checks on all the new inmates or I guess, yeah, I guess for a guard that's being an imposter, maybe he'd uh, pay more attention to that. But either way, he comes by and he's like, ah, Prince Zuko, like I never thought I'd, uh, you know, find you here. And yeah, it turns out maybe they have more of a shared connection than just the fact that they're part of the Fire Nation. Uh, well, I mean, the way he finds out, obviously, as well, is because apparently there's a relate. These two have a relationship that uh, even Zuko didn't know about. Yeah, it turns out that this is may have been the one who uh, taught my some of her uh, her antics and whatnot, because this is her uncle. Allegedly, makes sense. Her dad's a governor, so maybe this is brother. Maybe this is her mother's brother. I have no idea, but. Yeah, so he knows that, and he also knows that there's a warrant out for his arrest, which makes sense, given that he is a, uh, pri- a political prisoner, I suppose, in this case, given that he uh, defected from the Fire Nation, of course. So, yeah, it makes sense. So he's be- so basically, the warden's, like, you know, blackmailing him into, like, saying, like, you best behave right now. You're my special prisoner. Yeah. You do so. I'm going to, like, tell all the – be ashamed if all the criminals find out, you know, who you were and – uh, you're betrayed you betrayed the fire nation or whatnot and they or at least what they do to like you know have your head yeah and so for some reason like again i would think that the scar would be something that they would recognize that the prisoners in general yeah quite obvious yeah but either way they put him into general population as well and they have them just doing tasks uh intermixed with the genders again because somehow uh when Sokka comes looking for them suki and and Zuko are paired up, mopping the floors together. So again, I don't know about these Fire Nation prisons. Uh, they seem like they're, yeah, shaky, shaky at best. Yeah, quite, uh, quite progressive shrugs. <laughs> um, but I do like the interaction that Suki and Zuko have because they also have a history. Again, this is freaking great this is being the last like book i love that like all this like continuity is still remembered you know it's here and there but like yeah for most part it's there uh and this is like you know uh, Sokka comes and is like oh hey uh glad that you two have like you know i guess got caught up or something like that uh or like you know get to meet finally it's like oh no suki's like oh no we met zuko and i met uh if you remember the fact that he um oh burnt down my village yeah you know, like his little apology. I, th- I thought that was like, oh, I mean, what, oh, what can you do at this point? Sorry, didn't <laughs> notice you there, I guess, uh, because, uh, well, you know, I uh, you also had makeup on, so I didn't know it was you. 
Yeah, I was too busy setting fires to your homes to uh, take a look at the the people I was harming. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I love Sokka's face, by the way. He's like, ah, e- oh, uh, it was a good character acting moment. Yeah, on the anime's part. Yeah, and Sokka, he's been been utilizing his time to try to think of a plan on how to get his friends out of here, and he's kind of fixated on those coolers. And he he thinks like, yeah, maybe the material behind these. They seem like they'd be able to stand up against that boiling, uh, boiling lake. I keep wanting to say acid lake, but uh, one day we'll get that. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's checked the perimeter and he's he's worked out a pr- a plan. That old thinking Sokka, his brain's always moving. He's using his noodle. Uh, and also acid lake. You're you're thinking of Nausicaa too much. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah, came up early tonight. So maybe that's why. This definitely does. This is the case. I do like though that he's like, oh, I already tested it out. And we see this little little ship that he made, and I was like, "That that doesn't look like it's the same material." I mean, wouldn't that? Uh, what is it like a like a paper? What what did that look like to you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like a pa- like a paper cup or something like that, or like origami. I don't know what you want to call. It. Like, I thought it was like metal or something like that, bent and in, like fashioned into like the shape of a boat. I don't know how he did that or where he had the time to do that, but. Whatever the case, yeah, he tested it on the water to see if it works. Obviously, there's a big size discrepancy, of course. But this, like, is a surefire plan. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, nothing nothing was like, you know, we can get out of here, like, just like that. Yeah. Until a uh, new variable enters the equation. <laughs> yeah, just as he's talking about, oh, you know, as long as we don't make a sound, we can just soar right out. That's when Chit Sang decides to sing a little bell to them of, hey, like, I hear you up here and it's time for me to join your plan. And if you don't let me join, well, I'm going to go right to my pal, the warden, and maybe yeah, share a few tales. Yeah, he rolled well on his listen check. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, no, uh, Sokka, we have to have another discussion about Murphy's Law. Like, come on, she's in charge of this whole thing. Yeah, and how about being aware of your surroundings law? <laughs> and also, you know, Keeping your voice down. I should know this. I uh, <laughs> says me. Anyway. Yeah, but but I appreciate this wrinkle as well. I like this guy. This feels like a prison trope of oh, our group, you know, we're working together, and then suddenly this other prisoner jumps in and he has the advantage over us, and so we got to include him in the group, even though we don't like him or trust him. And we've already seen that this guy has been a victim of the abuse of the prison system, so I'm already kind of on his favor of seeing him get free. Definitely. But by the way, I didn't even notice this when, so uh, the idea that how they're going to be able to get like the cooler off of, you know, I guess the structure itself or loosen it uh, is with uh, somebody going inside and having to uh, loosen all the bolts that keep it in there. Mm-hmm. I still question like where, how they're going to get that thing down, but okay. Anyway, um, when it does eventually happen, I didn't know. I, I, for, I, I didn't realize that Zuko got a wrench slight spoilers, I guess for soon. And then I just saw that Zuko, uh, Sokka gave Zuko wrench. I'm like, oh, well, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, and so then it becomes kind of another prison trope. Like, okay, how are we going to get someone into this isolation that we need in order for uh, someone to have the time to work on these these coolers? So we got to stage a prison fight. You know, put our two guys together, and one of them has to cross the line. So yeah, I like they're playing with the tropes that we've seen a million times in these kind of uh, stories. Um. Yeah, and they kind of put on a performance, um, very you know elaborate and over the top, and it's just like, hey, you, I don't like you, and then they like kind of start throwing each other like as if it were a dance. Huh. Yeah, there's even some pro wrestling stuff. I mean, they're doing the thing where they like 
they approach, they put their hands up, they both take each other's hands, and it's yep. kind of a using the strength routine. I was like, oh, there we go. Yeah, even I and, and obviously like legit wrestling uh, does do that. Uh, it, sort of, obviously not. It's more like they interlock um, shoulders and, and and elbows together, but uh, trying to fight for double unders uh, the, to the back. But uh, obviously other stuff in there. Um, but if you go to timestamp eighteen. Uh, was it like 24 before like right before they like go like head forehead to forehead there's a female in the background like a female prisoner but then at like maybe because they moved into each other 1826 there's this guy on the left hand side and i don't know if his face is like the correct proportions you gotta see this what was the timestamp again 1826 1826 um i just noticed this guy now obviously okay yeah the background characters in this are a bit limited but this is a little different like i missed that on my first viewing he's got a mop in his hands by the way mop in his hands yeah no i see the guy yeah there's a couple of those background extra guys that they just look a little bit weird yeah this looks like he's got like or he's turning his head maybe i'm in in between frame but like yeah i'm just like what the flip is going on there no that's fair anyway sorry yeah and then what's this move that uh, we see is zuko charges forward and chit saying is that a, a scoop slam or uh it was kind of an arm throw almost or i'm also trying to think yeah okay i'm trying to think of both yeah uh maybe it was a, i don't know if it was a scoop slam because you have to do i think you have to go under the leg to do that that's fair i think so yeah this is more of like he grabs his like shoulders and I guess like hip tosses him almost could be. Yeah, that sounds that could be right. But either way, yeah, Zuko, he stands up and it's like, okay, the energy in the room's charged enough. Now I'll do my little, little, uh, bout of firebending just to, uh, yeah, get me put in the slammer, the cold, uh, cold isolation room. Also, while it wasn't the obvious elbow, did you at least enjoy, uh, Chit Sang's elbow drop? Oh, I enjoyed all that. That, that, that felt like a, it did feel like a com- like a complete reference to pro wrestling. There, there was a bit though where I was a bit. I, I just noticed this when uh, Zuko threw the fireball at Shitsang. The coloring looked a little off. Like it was almost dark. Like the, at least the the color was not filled in right. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. All of a sudden now I'm pointing out like scuff things in the <laughs> background. But I'm like, I don't mean to obviously. But I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just see what I think I just saw? No, that's fair. Um, and just as a random little thing, I don't know if this is, I don't know why I'm saying this really, but something about the, uh, the guard mask just kind of makes me think of a Power Rangers mask. I think in particular, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could think about which mask I'm thinking of. Maybe, uh, maybe a samurai, super samurai. I don't know. Either way, I, maybe I shouldn't bring it up. Let's move on. This one's already going long enough. Well, like I said, I, I know it's, and it's probably weird to say, but even I just all of a sudden like was like, holy shoot, it's like Char or whatever his name is. Like, the, If I showed you a picture, you're like, oh, that guy from uh, from Gundam. Huh. He's the guy that's got like a samurai mask or samurai. He's got a, um, a samurai helmet, excuse me, and then he's got like a domino mask underneath. I just like, holy shoot, they kind of look like this. Obviously, it's not the samurai helmet, but even still. Yeah, maybe that's why I was thinking of the Super Samurai Rangers. Maybe they also, they like take... Um, samurai kind of masks and just and or what's the word uh, modify them yep for their own uses oh yeah that's that's probably it i wonder if that's always the case anyways um but so a few i don't know like a few hours or so later zuko's 
stuck in the cooler again. That's or stuck in a cold place. Uh, and Sucka goes and is like, "All right, you're free to go. Um, if you've learned your lesson and whatnot." And, uh, Zuko clearly, you know, frees fire, uh, showing that, oh yeah, he did still use his fire bending. Uh, just call him back almost to, uh, back in the finale of book one, uh, when they're in the, uh, Northern water tri fortress. Yeah. And we see that their plans progressing pretty well. It seems like they might be able to, to get away with it, but just then some guards in the back announced that there's some more prisoners coming in. And they even mentioned that there's war prisoners in this this party. And so suddenly there's a dilemma. Suddenly there's, oh no, well, what should I do? We're in the process of this plan that's going ahead well. My last plan kind of failed. Do I continue with this one or do I halt it in the hopes that I might get to see my father again? And I appreciate that moment. I appreciate Zuko putting it on him. He's not like, okay, you know, I, I don't want to be stuck in this prison anymore. We should try to get out while we can. He just kind of leaves it to whatever Sokka thinks is right. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the support in this. Even though he is like you know the dual protagonist in this, uh, he he refers all this like I guess planning over to Zuko, other than just being or Sokka, excuse me, other than being an advisor. Yeah, acting almost like Uncle Iroh. Very very smart of you, Zuko. Um, but yeah, this definitely has thrown a wrench. Uh, into their plans uh, and the equation, as I said, and even even though Zuko thankfully got all those bolts off the uh, cooler, I still question how you're going to get that off without anybody noticing. I am like genuinely curious, but let's let's keep going. Yeah, so Chit Sang and and Suki are already waiting for them by the uh, the water. I guess the beach, not a beach that you want to lounge around on, but they're lounging there and. All of a sudden, up at the top of the hill, we see them rolling it down. And I was even thinking with that, too. I was like, eh, I don't know if they could hold the weight for that thing. They don't have earth bending. I feel like that would just drive them right into the water. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. And also, uh, apparently, we uh, we have some uh, more stowaways with us. It's one. Of, it's his best mm. friend and his girlfriend. Uh, it should say his girlfriend, I mean, excuse me, and, and, and best friend. So it's like, huh, add them into the mix. <laughs> Yeah, for now. We'll see if they come back later. But for now, they're uh, the uninvited guests. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, but the gang, they're they're okay with it. They're like, okay, Sokka and, and Zuko are like, okay, whatever, let's just let's just go quickly. But before we go quickly, let's take another moment to debate whether we should go quickly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> or whether we should stay and potentially see what happens with this, this war party coming in. Let's come to a vote. <laughs> or prisoner party. Let's go over it again. And it, it does end, unfortunately, with with Sokka coming to the realization that he's, he's just so wrought with guilt, similar to Aang with, you know, all the people he's let down over the past, you know, 100 years or whatnot. Wrought with guilt over the fact that the invasion of the Day of the Black Sun did not go as planned, even though they, you know, because of uh, somebody spilling the beans over the invasion happening. He just is like, I, I want it once over. I want redemption. Like he said, I want to restore my honor. So it's like, I just, I can't. I Even though I don't know if my dad's going to be on that gondola and then within that like war party of, of or that war criminals, uh, I got, I just, I have to know. I have to like wait and see. And so mm-hmm. they, they basically get like, he, he, he leaves the, uh, goes back to the prison and uh, yeah, let's chit sang and his buddies leave and, uh, Z- Zuko and Suki uh, decide, you know what? 
we'll just uh, we'll go with the plan. So they they stick with Sokka. <laughs> Jason's like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, and unfortunately, Chit saying, uh, he you know I, I like the guy. You know he he's dealt with some some horrors, and as we see them trying to escape, it it's definitely very hot in that little metal uh, tube that they're floating in. Certainly. But he gets impatient and he's like, OK, I'm just going to make a paddle and, you know, we're going to get out of here. And it's in the act of making that paddle uh, that he gets burned, just like Sokka did earlier. But instead of keeping the scream in, he lets it out and yeah, bungles the plan. Is that payoff or is that Chekhov's gun? A little bit of Chekhov's uh, splash. Scream, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, sorry, I just didn't I didn't know which one was different, but um yeah, and uh, unfortunately, a guard spots them and fires a harpoon there. And the one's like, what the heck's going on over here? Bring them back. And yeah, the, the harpoon doesn't go through the, uh, well, it goes into the tube itself. It doesn't, doesn't pierce anybody, thankfully, uh, flesh-wise. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not good. Yeah, but they, they throw everything into lockdown. They're in a little bit of a panic because their new prisoners are coming in at that exact moment. And it's a bad look, you know, the new prisoners coming in, seeing that kind of shenanigans going on. So they, they quickly get under control just as the, the new gondola arrives. And uh, the, 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 I guess not the boomerangs, but the, the Suko and the Suko squad, I guess you could say. I don't know. Uh, they're still waiting on the, the side of the, the building. They're like, oh, crap, we don't want to be seen. Let's hide here. But they just happen to have a perfect view of the gondola coming in and... Yeah, the prisoners start coming out, and at first Zuko's like, hey, is that your dad there at the nose ring? He's pretty stylish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Sokka's like, what? No, come on, man. Doesn't even look like a like water tribe guy. Yeah, well, Zuko, maybe he's not that experienced. Maybe all the peasants look the same for him as he was stepping on their necks <laughs> and burying their villages. <laughs> you make a point there. <laughs> Uh, but but eventually we get to the end and it seems like oh man like oh no Hakoda's not on there and then just as just as uh, Sokka's losing hope then we see the guards like hey what are you doing sitting over there twiddling your thumbs get out of that uh, gondola and Hakoda comes out did you like a little bit of suspense there that he was uh yeah I think it was I could have done without it because I know it was like really true because the like up to the point as well uh, Sokka's really like laying it like laying to us like oh yeah no like if we had if if he doesn't show up like our whole plan would have like been a bust like all this would have been for nothing and yeah i'm a failure or or whatnot like a waste a complete waste of time yeah i agree i just let me yeah maybe they milked it just a a smidge too much yeah (laughs) i i definitely agree with that uh the whole episode has been like that of just like this is our only hope hope well, I know of a certain film that uh, loves to talk about hope a lot, but um, it's like it's like the rising sun or whatever the flip that quote was from. Yeah, and what I thought was really funny is after we see Sokka's face of joy when he sees Hakoda up there, we cut back and suddenly a guard runs in and there's Princess Leia. She turns around to the camera and she's like, hope. <laughs> and, was, and she's a terrible CGI creation too and I was like oh this is just jarring jeez uh, all of a sudden she just like shows up in CGI form and it's like okay this is jarring because the rest of like all this all other stuff is like you know hand animated at least with like pencil paper and all that stuff and then here's like computer animated like 3D model and it's just like what the hey is this 
even stands out with all the other animation stuff. Good grief. Oh, but that's, yeah, that's the close of, uh, yeah, part one. Here we go. Part two. Oh, boy. We still got so much more to go. And it just starts. Yeah, just part part two. By the way, just one quick thing. I was appreciative that Sokka, uh, when they had the chance to escape uh, in, the, in the cooler, um, makeshift raft, excuse me, out of the cooler. I, I do appreciate when he, you know, he, he does, he the first thing he does is he immediately, like, tells Suki, get out of here. Like, you've been in this prison long enough, and you should, you know, hmm. you should, you, you gotta leave, because I don't want you just, I don't want you to be here anymore. Uh, just for sake of not being in prison. Uh, and she's like, nope, staying with you. Does that, <laughs> does that give her any agency or is it still, is she still just Sokka's girl? Uh, yeah, still a little bit of Sokka's girl. I mean, I get it. She, you know, he, he did all that just to try to save her and, and more throughout this, this show. So she's going to stand with, uh, you know, her, her side. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, they're not, not that they aren't friends, but just like, you know, we have we have a lot of other like characters who are female and who do have like you know personality to them and have their own agency. It's just like it's weird because she's the one that stands out in that sense almost. I guess you could say Yue also kind of had that, but I guess she kind of freed herself from that burden that she eventually had in the end. Yeah, but as we go into the second part, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Sokka runs up to the platform as quick as he can to be able to see the introduction of these. Uh, these prisoners yeah and as the warden's giving an introduction to all of his new uh yeah occupants of his prison and as he comes over to Koda, Koda's not really he's he's not really wanting to give him the respect he, he's not looking him in the eye he's talking back a little bit and so the warden singles him out and i guess he's been reading the little the little uh files on who his new prisoners are and he's like i know you Hakoda, and you're the one i want to target to really break you and make sure that you know that I'm the one in charge and your strong wills are, are nothing compared to mine. I'll make you yield like a horse. Jeez, good grief. Yeah. Yeah, no, jeez. Fair enough. He did it, definitely did his research. Yeah, and then he brings out his special uh, prisoner guard, uh, Dolph Lundgren, and he's like, I must break you. Oh, man, <laughs> that's not... Jeez. It just uses... Just, just hangs him up by the cuffs and then uses him as a punching bag. <laughs> Not putting him in the punching bag like what happened in uh, Fast 10, but just, uh, no, putting him in the, just like hanging him from like a, a, I don't know, a railing or something like that. And as he's laying in thick, kind of, uh, yeah, attempting to lay in early that, hey, Hakoda, I'm going to be spending some time breaking your spirit. Hakoda's like, yeah, you may be doing, you may try to do that later, but for now, I'm going to show you that I'm not someone you can so easily push around. And he uh, knocks him on his, uh, his bottom. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it just trips him because his foot uh, is caught within Hokoda's handcuffs, and so he just trips him like that, and kind of makes a fool out of uh, out of the warden there, and warden orders them all to be taken away to their cells. Um, yeah, and but of course, yeah, given that this is a double feature, uh, there's no whistle or sun for this one. So, anyways, then uh, proceed back into the prison. Yeah. And again, with the these guards are allowed to have any any alone time they want with any prisoners they want, apparently. Oh, boy. And so he goes over and he's like, hey, let me in to see this uh, this water tribe uh, prisoner of war. Oh, I hate those water tribe members. Let me in here and I'll knock them around a little bit. So the guards let him in and we get the reunion that we've been wanting for uh, a couple episodes. <laughs> Maybe Sokka should have like taken his uh, or uh, was up his visor first before he 
went in there because of course his dad takes like an immediate like stance of like it's a prisoner it's like you ain't getting near me uh, until you know lifts his eye protection up it's important i i found the fact that suki was there uh, instead of his dad initially i kind of like that reveal a little bit better than this one because we hadn't seen her since book two whereas this one we only just saw hokoda like you know not even like five yeah. episodes ago absolutely yeah and the stance he takes too makes you get the sense that maybe he's dealt with other fire nation prisons and yeah they know what happens with the guards in these places potentially also he's a southpaw uh which is interesting or at least took a southpaw stance anyways yeah oh i was just thinking too when it comes to the yeah the uh the the bloodbending uh murder serial killer it sounds like she had a really raw deal with the fire nation prisons as well we saw they treated her group so oof, yeah no, not a good uh, place to be yeah a little bit worse than this though because they literally like yeah. kept them in cages not so much like i think there is a difference between a cell and a cage and like you know treating them like animals and trying to literally dehumanize them and only like freaking kept them like fate worse than death man like just keeping them alive but barely and only giving them like water uh in like certain resources like that is like almost torture that what happened to her yeah yeah and speaking of uh semi-torture after that nice reunion with uh father and son we have to see uh what what the uh result is trying to cross uh the father of the prison the warden as chit sang's being trapped and interrogated he's uh strapped to a chair and they're like tell us who your collaborators were we know you couldn't have done this by yourself you know you got rocks in that head not brains so who is the brains of this operation uh and thankfully it doesn't get to 24 levels of interrogation i i don't know because they close the door afterwards but these two big guys come in and shut the door and oh boy yeah definitely a lot of conversations that are going to happen there yeah and the, the part that they that we skipped we missed it when they uh they opened up the door again and an interrogation uh ball droid drifted in i got a close-up on this needle darn it <laughs> I, I missed my chance to, I, I mucked, I goofed everybody. I mucked up. I should have <laughs> Suki's line should have been, aren't you a little short to be a guard? <laughs> Darn it. I missed my chance. Oh, well. Well, I apologize everybody <laughs> for all these references. I don't mind. I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's been egregious for some people. It's just like rolling their eyes. Like, Oh, just shut up. You two. Yeah. But cutting back to the reunion, Sokka's kind of curious what's happened if uh, Hakoda knows what happened to the rest of them. Uh, Bato, for example, comes up and yeah, it sounds like they've been moving everybody around. Maybe not all together. Yeah, and, but it turns out as well, like, yeah, either they've been transferred to prison or prison or whatever it is, but it turns out like uh, they even met these like ladies that they went by. These Oshinawa warriors. I wonder who those guys go. Maybe that's who those guys were in the in the Earth Kingdom. Maybe that's who they were there you go okay yeah. we finally have a name for them so those oceanawa warriors are still out there one one day we'll get them anyway yeah and speaking of uh well there's no connection there but yeah and as the conversation continues uh Sokka mentions like oh you know prince zuko he's here too and Hakoda's like oh crap you know that sounds like uh like a big problem and i like how Sokka almost has like an air of like uh like pride like he's almost like a, a slight bit smug but not in a negative way and he's like, oh, actually, you know, he's on our side now. And Akota's like, Ugh. I thought that was kind of a cute little moment, too. Yeah, like taking it back. I'm like, whoa, what happened while I was stuck in prison? And I also think it's cute, the revelation. He's like, yeah, I've, I was 
I was taken aback too at the start, but he's really proved himself. And, you know, he was pivotal for me, you know, being able to meet you here. I think that's a, a good solidification of how he's fitting with the group now. Yeah, no, uh, even though he probably will never hear those words, uh, that, that says something even like to, as an aside, it definitely shapes, uh, Hakoda's image and, uh, belief in what Sokka is. So that's, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Or Zuko, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, but, um, yeah, either way, Sokka for a moment is feeling a little bit down, like, oh, you know, I, we, we try to do this plan, but it's kind of falling apart now. I like Akota's line where he's like, ah, this no prison is big enough to contain with two uh, uh, water nation geniuses or water tribe geniuses, I should say. How are we going to do that? We're going to enlist the help. We're going to enlist the help of Mr. Terrific <laughs> guest starring in this in this uh, in this episode. See the knockoff uh, Mr. Fantastic. Wait, who did I say? Oh, I said Mr. Terrific. I'm sorry. I meant uh darn it uh i meant uh mr miracle that's who it was mr miracle the best escape artist known in the fourth world oh oh i don't think i know him hmm. uh scott free he's in he's in justice league you'll well i'll point him out one day to you yeah but uh speaking uh so we, we've talked a lot about you know shining a light on the, the hideousness of the guards in this prison so after that nice kind of conversation with his dad Sokka goes off like okay i'm gonna go meet up with zuko and kind of see where we're at and as he's heading to the prison you know he's he's talking to them a little bit and these two guards show up and they're like hey what are you doing over here and he's like oh i just wanted to give this uh, prisoner a piece of my mind and they're like oh well we, we got to take him right now so get out of our way and he's like come on please can you just give me a couple minutes just to you know lay my fists into his head and they're like okay we'll give you a couple minutes <laughs> it's like oh no <laughs> And then when he goes to like 10 seconds and then he closes the door, guard goes newbie. It's like, okay, this as like watching this as an adult, this is like, there's a lot of crap here, dude. When I say crap, I mean the whole like crap past, past the radar stuff. Like, holy smokes. You would, I would have not thought of this when I was a kid, even though I didn't watch this as a kid, but even still. Yeah, no, they, they, they must've watched a bunch of prison movies or like, okay, let's take those like, crappy uh like exploitation prison movies and let's just put it into this oh my goodness because this is how those if you watch and, and i wouldn't recommend to the, especially the younger viewers not to go back to some of those yeah don't until you're like uh 20 or something like that but you're not gonna listen to us because we're authority figures but the prison guards are always they're like okay you want to just beat apart the prisoners go ahead we'll turn a blind eye so so Sokka starts laying the beaten on Zuko and into his, his sheet and then the guards escorts uh Zuko away after oh they're 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 he's he's roughing uh he's getting roughed up by by Sokka but anyway yeah like okay you've you've beaten into submission enough okay well let's take him to wherever we're gonna take him now maybe he'll get more beaten over there so yeah again ugly prison and I'll say the prison has also taken a downgrade in terms of the visuals the uh the backgrounds jam have always given us some pretty beautiful stuff. There's definitely a little bit of a lack of uh, polish to some of the backgrounds now. Not terrible, but I would say distinctly, yeah, maybe a little less sharp. Because of Moy, you mean, correct? Because of Moy, yes. Yeah, okay, I don't, I don't obviously say that, but like, fair enough. Is that they went in a different direction than what uh, jam would do? Yeah, no offense, no offense. It's not. Uh, well, 
Yeah, let's make it keep going. It's not, it's not my place personally, but uh, they take him to, I guess, one of the interrogation rooms, similar to what Chit Sang is. Um, throws him down. He's like, uh, I didn't do anything. What the flip? I've just been in my cell the whole time, other than, you know, like trying to cause an escape attempt. And it turns out his interrogation or his interrogator, excuse me, has arrived. And she's not happy. Not at all. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't actually, I guess they don't give her much right now. It's kind of the other scene now. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But she's just not pleased given the fact that, uh, well, it's it's May. And she's definitely not happy. She brought her a special collection of knives this time. There ain't no invisible Aaron violin nor a uh, world's tiniest violin here to amuse Sokka. No, 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 no. Actually, no. No, she brought, she brought her out-of-tune violin. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> Yeah, and she brought a paper shredder and the letter that he left her. And she's got some some choice shreddings to do right in front of his face. Uh, be- be- before we get to that, though, quickly, we do uh, cut back over to the warden and shit saying because uh, he's he's ready to snitch. He's ready to point the finger at who done it. They've been giving him the upside down torture routine, you know, leaving up like leaving him like that for a while. And yeah, he's ready to uh, yeah put him in front of a lineup and he'll point out whoever they want him to point out. That's where he's at. There you go. Uh, quite the, uh, quite the, I guess, restrained interrogation, I must say. I mean, not saying that. Well, this is a PG program. This yeah. is definitely a PG program. So, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say otherwise. But, like, yeah, definitely the, the more tame version of, of that. Yeah, and speaking of uh, yeah, laying the, laying the torture in and also letters, yeah, May, she, she's brought in, she's going to be reading it right to his face she's like okay let me let me show you how callous and cruel you were to me by reading this insensitive and yeah heartless letter that you wrote to me and i actually really like that that we had this uh reunion so quickly because i was wondering how, how she must be feeling about all this stuff and once we saw that uncle i was like oh boy i bet he uh, relayed the message that zuko's here and yeah i'm glad that she's shown up to uh, confront him and that is pretty much why, because first he's like, how do you know I was here? And she's like, I know you too well. And it's like, really? He's like, nah, it's <laughs> my uncle, you idiot. <laughs> um, no, and it makes sense, because like, in May, uh, you know, throughout the season, I'm not saying she did a lot. She was, I'm not, I'm not calling uh, her uh, Zuko's muse. I think she had like some character to herself that time. She was oh yeah, acting as like the normal life for Zuko. Uh, when he got back. So there was at least something there. I mean, even if it is representation, I still she had, think she has like agency of her own. But definitely all of a sudden, like out of nowhere with a letter saying like, listen, I have to, there are things that I must do. Kind of almost similar to the way uh, Ursa left Zuko all those years ago. Yeah, she's definitely not happy. Yeah, and rightfully so. And I do like that she, you know, she's like, you, how, how can you be doing this? You're portraying, portraying your country and, and He's like, that's not how I see it. And we've seen that May maybe isn't the most political. Like, you know, she hangs out with Azula and, and Zuko. But maybe she's not really paying that much attention to the war effort. So maybe this is one of our first chances to be confronted with whether or not what they're doing is right. No, I mean, and she just like, you know, unfortunately, we don't get anything from her other than when he says, like, you know, this is not how I see things. Uh, when she says, like, you know, you're portraying your country. She just, you know. 
looks away and folds her arms, you know, in, in like a huff of just like, hmm, you know, how, how dare you not understand? It's like, I, I kind of wish we had an argument there between the two, but instead we uh, cut over to Suki uh, as she kind of does some katas or she's doing some uh, shadow boxing of some sort. Yeah, and Sokka explains that they've come up with a new plan. They're going to kidnap the warden and they're going to ride the gondolas up to freedom. And he's convinced that, oh, as long as he's here, they won't cut it and we'll be able to make it out safely. And as a little distraction, they're also going to start a prison riot. Yeah, definitely not a lot of variables uh, to throw another wrench into that plan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, I'll say uh, again, I mean, this is definitely lacking some of the polish of JM. But I don't know why I thought this was as bad as I thought it was. Most of what we've seen so far is pretty, you know, it's, it's solid enough. Maybe it just collapses in the last little bit. I can't remember, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> I watched this a few days ago. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But, um, but so yeah, they, they start to uh, start to put things in motion. We see that the Chit Sang is put into position to identify his, uh, his collaborators and Sokka's lined up. He's, I guess, he was working the, the rounds at the time. So he's got to join the lineup as suspicious guards. Unfortunately, yeah, because as soon as he gets out of, like, you know, interrogating Suki again or confronting <laughs> oh, her uh, from a guard's perspective, of course, uh, he's literally like, you know, just uh, picked off the street. He's like, hey, you got to come here because the word's asking for a bunch of prisoners or guards, excuse me. And, yeah, puts him in like the unusual suspects line. And again, I want to highlight that as much as I enjoy this two parter, there's some some obvious issues with it. And there's, an, I think, an inherent contradiction with this this warden who's he's he's got this record of, oh, no one escapes here. And I'm the, the top dog. I know this place like the back of my hand. And yet he has these he, he had Zuko and Sokka as these fake guards that just showed up out of nowhere and were just put on the roster. Like once Sokka ended up, ended up in the lineup, couldn't he have like looked down his list of, OK, these are all these guards like, hey, wait a minute. Who's that guy there that's not on this list anywhere? What, what's that kid's name? I was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. I'll just go along. <laughs> to be honest, I actually didn't even know about I didn't think about that part either. Um, but I, I agree with you as well with like, not only that, but the other unfortunate implications of, you know, guards just randomly accepting like them going to uh, prisoners' cells. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. Um but anyways, so as Chitsang, you know, looks around as he's told to, you know, point the finger at who the mastermind is. Hmm. He sees Sokka, looks at him, and then points at this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait. Yeah, and was this the guard that was abusing him earlier? Who may this man be, as you say? Who this man be, you just not know. No, you are correct. It was the first guard we saw who uh, had the old fire whip and put Chitsang in. Uh, the cooler, which we we at least saw initially, the audience saw. Yeah, so so that's a lesson to any prison guards: don't make enemies with the prisoners, because if they ever get leverage over you, then they'll be putting you in the hot seat next. But when you say, you know, oh yeah, the warden should, you know, he's got this perfect attendance or this perfect, not perfect attendance, but he's got this perfect no escape uh, attempts or whatever. Um, uh, he goes, you know, he's interrogating this guard here. And unfortunately, he also loses some legitimacy just because, like the guard or the warden, because he's like, "Ah, you were the one that threw Chitseng into the into the cooler initially. That's why, like, you know, he helped you or what? Or you helped him?" Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, okay, yeah, you kind of really like 
Uh, I guess that is a point. Like you are just too like dumbfounded to think about this clearly, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he. I guess he's so conspiratorial. He's like, oh, you must have been working together. It couldn't be that he just wanted revenge, <laughs> and we, I'm gonna trust him to give up his collaborator, and he's not just gonna pick out someone who was a a jerk to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, he doesn't have the ability, or he doesn't. He doesn't keep monolo- He doesn't have the chance to keep monologuing because then another like VIP shows up out of nowhere. It's Princess Azula and Tylee, and holy shoot, we haven't seen Tylee since the beach. Holy crap. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Dang, girl, how have you been? Like, how you doing? Like, we really haven't seen you in quite a while. Yeah, and as Azula comes in, I mean, immediately, yeah, she shows up this guy. He's like, he's like, oh, I've got this prisoner. He was involved with uh, someone trying to escape. And immediately Azula's like, come on, that's not him. Like it's it's obvious, and he's like, "Ooh, yeah." So it's yeah. like a big fool. <laughs> and then to uh, just quickly check off, I guess comment. There we go. Uh, Azula quips that she's a people person. So mm. just, uh, we'll point that. Uh, just put a pin in that. There we go. Um, so, anyways, yeah. And once again, the uh, the luck of this prison being filled with fools works out for them. Because we see uh, Sokka, he's wanted to enact the part of his plan that involves a prison riot. So he comes over to this guard who's in, who's in control of uh, keeping all the cells locked. And he's like, oh, yeah, the warden, he just told me to, uh, even, though we're in a locked, even though we're in a lockdown, it's time to open up all those cells, let everyone go free. And this guy's like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's expressly what I'm not supposed to do. This is a lockdown. And he's like, well, maybe I'll tell the warden that you said no. And he's like, oh, crap, quick, I'll open the doors for you. So... Yeah, again, <laughs> you just kind of got to buy it. You just kind of kind of go along with it. Word of mouth over uh, authentic identification and papers. Yeah, and these are tropes. I, I I just find it, if this was just a regular prison, if it was just like, it's the fact that this is like their maximum security prison with a warden who's like, we have a record of no escapes. And he was on top of the uh, prisoners who came in enough to know immediately who Hakoda was. So he was going through those files. It just seems like it's it's lucky that he doesn't uh, pay as much attention to his guards. Uh, here's here's a fan <laughs> response to what we're also what we're like analyzing and uh, criticizing almost, or at least you know pointing out. Uh, hey, but you see, as you can see, the uh, the the Friday is spending money on war, not on pigeons. <laughs> pigeons. Pigeons. Is that their main? Uh, oh. <laughs> Either way, it works out, and actually, that makes more sense as well. <laughs> no, I think about it as p- pigeons, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's everyone go free, and yeah, this is again. Uh, well, I'll stop with the criticisms. Yeah. yeah, yeah anyway, uh, so you know, uh, Hakoda, Suki, and Saka they meet up, and they're like, "All right." Uh, Let's start a riot. Anyway, and so Hakoda goes to like the first big guy he sees and pushes him. Not punches him or like chokes him out, just pushes him. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> and um, there's a, there's an interesting response to that. What happens, Caleb? Yeah, the guy's like, hey, man, like what's what's going on here? This this ain't right. I'm just trying to walk here, stand here, and you're pushing me around. Nakoda's like, uh, like, don't you want to like maybe punch me in the face or something like that? He's like, no, man, like I'm, I actually believe in re- rehabilitation. I'm just trying to get right here in prison. I'm trying to uh, work on my anger issues. So I think that's fun. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. 
Wow, did not see that coming. I I guess uh, I guess this is one of those prisoners who hasn't. Well, maybe he's been badly affected, but the more good behavior he shows, the uh, the less the prison or the guards attack him. I, I hope or or whatnot. Anyway, I don't even want to think about that right now. But uh, <laughs> they could have just gone to like the next guy after him and started pushing him. But like, no, instead, Shit Singh uh, comes up from behind Sokka and is just like, "Hey, um, you should be appreciated that I didn't uh, snitch you out there or snuff you out." Um, and oh. so he's like, ah, oh, let's try this uh, escape attempt again. Yeah, and I like that he doesn't even put that leverage on him. He's just like, hey, you know, you guys seem cool. I kind of want to join up with your group. So if you're trying to escape again, I want in and I'll, I'll help you. And he, he now he's like leaving his friends behind too. He's like, okay, you know, just just on the down low, I'm ditching my girlfriend and my best friend. I was going to point that out at the end, but like, yeah, no, his girlfriend's gone. Like, he's just like, yeah, and goodbye. And his best friend's also gone. So I was like, what the flip? All right, well, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't. We didn't see the scene where he was blaming them as they're being arrested. Oh, you should have stopped me from making a, a sound. Oh, lovely. So, tis tis yes. Um, but then this part is this this part's also pretty funny. Um, where it's just like Sokka's like, oh, we need a riot. So he's like, got it, and he grabs this one guy and just like Fireman's carries him like over, and then just goes riot, riot, and then just immediately like everybody snaps into riot mode. <laughs> the flick of a switch they turn around they see him raising a guy in the air doing, doing like almost like push-ups with him or uh, something like that it looks like uh military print no uh, uh no jerking press no, yeah press there you go thank you yeah and they're all like okay it's ride time yeah he looks like he's about to throw that guy let's start throwing things ourselves so oh my goodness and then like the um the guy that hakoda pushed is like i oh, forget my you know trying to quell my emotions and, and whatnot i'm uh, i'm done with this and he just like gets tackled from behind yeah they just found out that little baby's uh concert was being canceled because he wasn't showing up <laughs> very local reference someone's gonna get that this is a pucking reference holy crap um so as the ride ensues we cut back to zuko and, and may again and a, a guard comes by and he's like oh miss may whatever your last name is i gotta look after you uh things are getting crazy out there and she's like i don't need a guard and it ends up kind of backfiring on him as Zuko blows some fire May's way and he jumps to protect her. And as she's distracted, knocking the guard away, Zuko gets the upper hand and gets to the door and locks it and traps her in there seemingly. And they lock eyes. And yeah, he's like, I don't, I still love you, but sorry. I, I, my, my duty right now is, is bigger than the both of us. So like, yeah, I have to, I have to go. And, I'm sorry. I just I have to say this because it was so funny. Uh, the, the the before this before that scene happened, there the the warden he came out and he was like, "What the heck is going on? Who put out a riot and whatnot?" I thought we were under lockdown. Whoever the guy was that pulled the switches, I I need to, I want to see his head in my in my desk now. And the the guy who who uh, was like the master control guy <laughs> goes to the walls like you know inches away, just like yeah, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, he went to one of the coolers too, and now he's going across the, uh, yeah, the boiling lake with that. Yeah, he's like, ah, maybe it works a second. I'll just like do it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, but I, I will say I love that that scene with with me and and Zuko as they just lock eyes, and you can feel the emotion there, like it's very raw. So, so I'm I'm really liking this dynamic. I'm I'm curious to see how much they explore as we go further. It seems as though the toxic relationship that they had, um, circa the uh at the beach uh is 
behind them, which is good. They're actually growing his characters and the relationship also might. Well, I guess it's kind of on a it's going to pause. If not, it's in a downward spiral spiral. Maybe it's complicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zuko is essentially broken up and she showed up to be like uh, this. This is now you break us up. Yeah, no, this isn't the terms and conditions that I agree to. Yeah, but either way, Zuko joins them and Sokka for a minute's a little panicking a little bit like, I don't, don't think I thought this through. This is a little bit too much chaos for, for my expectation. But luckily for him, he's got uh, an ally on his side who's extremely capable, and that's Suki. And she's uh, she's plowing through and getting things done. And just like either Assassin's Creed parkours or just Alex Mercer's her way up to like uh, the warden because they need obviously him as a prisoner. So it's like... And it's it's a really cool scene. Like, you know, if anything, is. this is one of the highlights of the episode. Even some of the parts of the riot it was also pretty funny. But like, just seeing Suki scale uh, <laughs> the, the the side of the um, uh, tower, obviously, some of it's implausible and it's more wushu stuff. But it's like, I, I don't like. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, I buy it. She's moving fast. Oh yeah, moving fast enough. She's uh, what I was really surprised by is that as she gets to the top and immediately like puts him under arrest suddenly the gang they're all just there like oh good job you got him we were right in your tail i was like oh <laughs> i suddenly that scene of her was is less impressive now <laughs> that they just <laughs> and could i i also want to like i guess give praise to moy uh with that with that sequence where there was almost like no shaky cam as well yeah you could clearly even though it was cr- like quick i don't know if they operated on ones or twos when when it came to frames but I like how you could see every frame and even if it was quick, uh, you could still see like all the key frames into the poses that she was doing and like long enough to like, you know, see her movement and it not be like, again, shaky cam or like, Oh, I can't see what's going on there. So I just going to, I want to shout them out for like, I appreciate that a lot. Yep. No, I like that. And I like to seeing them all like tired and exhausted as, as they finally got up to the top right next to her. Um, but to, to knock Moy just a little bit after your compliment there, and this isn't really a, a real knock. It's just more of them picking up a, a trope that I find comedic. We get this big kind of scope shot of them running up to the, the gondola port. And we see at the bottom all the, the pockets of the riot still breaking out. And they do the old cartoon trope where the, the conflict is just like a, a puff of smoke with all the limbs poking out of it as the people are punching. And, and I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen that since uh, I don't know what kind of cartoon but i thought that was kind of funny and i guess there was also unfortunately i mentioned there was like no shaky cam when they were you know when suki was scaling the uh the wall and then as soon as like they start the shot off they're running and there's shaky cam like oh come on (laughs) but yeah because they have their you know their ticket to ride the gondola you know the, the warden they just got someone to come over and do the little thing where they punch the holes in they just did that into his to his hand so that's how they were able to ride ouch (laughs) and yeah it seems like their plan is moving pretty smoothly yeah and you know they get on the gondola after the uh guards you know stand down obviously for the you know the fact that they have a prisoner now and they will not you know obviously attack because you know (laughs) geneva convention or just like you know scouts on her and zuko stays behind and quickly you know hits a switch and then breaks the switch because it's solid metal. I'm like, okay, what the flip? Like, okay. Anyways. Hey, I can buy it. He used his, his heat bending to heat it up in the middle and then just... I saw zero flames in that, like, attack, but anyway. 
But then all of a sudden, unex unannounced to them, that's when the Azula attack squad, uh, only two members, shows up. And they're like, oh, crap. Azula attack duo, I suppose, in this case. There you go, duo. Yep. And the ASD. Yeah, and they're like, oh, crap. Like, we did not expect them. And all of a sudden, we see why they're uh, an elite fighting force. Tally jumps up, and she's running around the big metal cord that they have. Yeah, the cable itself. And apparently, we find out that uh, we discover another undiscovered, uh, unseen firebending power as Azula just switches into her Iron Man routine. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, you probably won't remember this, but there was a moment back in The Crossroads of Destiny in Book 2's finale uh, where she did some jet propulsion, where she, I think it was that one, where she used her firebending on the ground and propelled herself forward. So this is just an extension of that. I don't know if she can sustain the flame long enough, but I definitely can see it like kind of starting her off as like a launch point. Like that makes, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. I don't know if she, like, again, I don't know if she can like do flight uh, completely. I feel like she'd probably like eventually yeah, fall or, you know, lose, get exhausted from it. I don't know. Sustaining it that long enough. But anyway, um, this cable car uh, combat or this cable car uh, fight scene, by the way, kind of doesn't fully remind me, but I'm definitely getting some end of the uh, movie hoodwinked vibes. I don't know if you remember that, but no, never seen it. I love, wow. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of that like finale took place on a cable car except that night. But anyway, uh, we have a, we have a rematch uh, between uh, two combatants. Suki versus Ty Lee and then Zuko versus Azula. Ooh. Yeah. I wonder how this will go. Yeah. And then we, with uh, Zuko, he's got a tiny little bit of assist every now and again. Sokka throws his blade at her. Yep. Meteor blade. Stab right at you. It's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> to be honest, I was a little bit surprised at that because uh, I don't get the, the sense that Zuko wants to kill her. So when he's flashing that blade right in her face, I was a little bit surprised that Zuko wasn't like, hey, step back. Don't worry, I got this. You know, yeah. you don't have to stab her right in the face, my sister. Oh, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, there there is that. Uh, one thing uh, I was a little bit like disappointed or I just noticed is that when Tylee and um, Suki fight, uh, first off, it's for, <laughs> this is for stupid reasons. It's because both realize, wait a minute. We're uh we're one of we're part of the 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 Sokka harem. It's like who gets him first? Oh <laughs> no! Because remember, Tylee's got a got the hots for Sokka, so it's like. <laughs> but anyway, when they were fighting again, the com the hand to hand combat looked pretty cool, uh, from my perspective. But there was a bit of like blurriness almost to the characters. I'm like, what the flip is going mm. on there? I don't know if you noticed it or not. Yep, definitely noticed it. It's a very slight blur. I'm not talking like it's full on fuzziness, like it was, you know, uh, a flash vibrating themselves to be like, you know, the blur. But anyways, but I looked the back and forth between Azula and Zuko. It was very, Zuko seemed assured of himself. Uh, unlike in every other previous belt between him and Azula, he felt like, I'm not, he held his own. I'm not saying he was superior to her, but it's like, Almost like he he felt calm and controlled. It was it was really cool. Like it was getting me excited. It's like ooh, I want to see another like fight between these two. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it all looked pretty cool. And when unfortunately, you know, cutting into the middle of the action, we get to the warden. He manages to escape from his his binds, and he yells. Uh, he yells down to the crew that they need to just cut the line. He's willing to die. Cut the line. And so suddenly the fight is 
coming kind of to a, t- a standstill because Azula and, and Tylee, they're like, okay, dude, do you really want to die in this this uh, gondola with these guys? Let's just hop on in the one passing by and get out of this situation. Yeah, no, it's just quite convenient, actually. I wonder, I know, I wonder who was on that uh, gondola, but uh, oncoming gondola, excuse me. But I do, I do like the shots. Uh, I know it's, it's very insignificant, but I like the shots of the prisoners or the I keep saying prisoners, the guards, excuse me, uh, trying to stop the gondola. That was that was kind of cool, just to I guess show, you know, hey, there's the here's the action there. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, you're right. So Zula and Tylee quickly cut onto the other, or yeah cut over to the other line as they're currently cutting the line uh with like what looks like a like an old fat well, no, but an, an early like i mean it's not the same thing but like a lumberjack saw almost um i'm like that'll take a while unless it's gonna hunt. and i love the fact that like when azula like you know blasts off uh to the other uh gondola she, she almost seems like oh, i'll get you next time zuko like a you know, <laughs> mustache twirling balloon and whatnot i'm like what the flip even though you'll be dead okay yeah i did like the cut to tylee as she's watching them go and she has this look of like like man i i kind of like that zuko i mean he was part of our our group and yeah she's been silent this whole episode but she has a look there where she's like i don't feel right about this leaving him to yeah to die no i'm Probably the same thing with uh, Sokka as well, where it's just like, oh man, he was going to be like boy toy. Like, what the hey? Could be, could be. So we can get back to the the base where the gondola cable is. And as it's being cut, we then see, you know, somebody, um, what is it? Like double leg takedown or just like spear into one of the guards. And it's May. Yep. What the flip is going on here? What is she doing? Yeah, and she starts throwing the blades into all these guys. You know, they're trying to attack her, and she's she's not killing them. You know, she's uh, still part of the Fire Nation, but she's definitely disabling them. Uh, or, uh, what's the word? Pinning them in place. Sure, yeah, sure, go ahead with that. Yeah. <laughs> Just pinning all their clothes till the wall. I'm like, okay, that's also absurd, but there's been a lot of absurd things in this episode, so I guess I can, like, suspend my disbelief, of course, but it's funny, I don't know if that is a actual thing but yeah she starts like you know th- okay I, I i meant to i i also forgot i was gonna mention this earlier but it's like man when they did the prison right even though it was like a funny thing uh it started off as a comedic thing all i could think of when i first watched this like today i mean or at least for like when we were uh scheduled to do this um i could not help but think of the beginning of the raid two when um the main character rama is just like in the prison and it gets all muddy bloody and and kind of kind of wincy as well when he breaks that guy's leg so it's like oh yeah no this is definitely not that and if this was the raid as well which was then my next point of like if this was a raid oh we'd be seeing a lot of like open wounds with those blades yeah no doubt but yeah she's she's not trying to hurt anyone which will hopefully work in her favor once uh yeah zula and tylee get back down but certainly working in someone's favor is she kicks aside the little thing that's holding their gondola in place and it soars up to the top. And I, I love uh, they're all looking like, who's that? Like, who, who's trying to help us down there? And and Zuko realizes, oh, that's did he say that's my girlfriend? No, that's May. Oh, that's May. OK, good. <laughs> yeah. No, he just says, like, that's May with confusion. He's like, what? And then it cuts to Zula going like what the fudge is she doing and tylee's just like got a shocked expression to her face of just like oh this isn't good yeah and i feel like this is when the animation's starting to look a little bit less polished <laughs> uh but uh but anyway 
yeah, so our our group, they make it to the top and they all flee to their escape. And they're like, okay, what do we do about this warden? Should we throw him into the acid lake? Or <laughs> should we show him into the boiling lake? And they're like, nah, let's just put him back in there. I mean, yeah, Zuko claims that that's her, uh, that's his, his ex-girlfriend's uncle. So let's just let him live. And so um, Sang throws him in back into the gondola. And then Hakoda slams the door being like, sorry, warden. Uh, your record is now officially broken. Yeah, I like that. And then as they're trying to escape, they're like, oh crap, what do we do? And it's up to Zuko to realize, like, wait a minute, my my sister was here. How'd she get here? And so we we get an upgrade. They don't have that small little uh, little hot air balloon thing. Now they have a big one. So there was a uh, there's this I guess like you know fun youth group event uh, known as Bigger and Better, meaning like you take something is maybe it's not it's called something else to like other people but you take you know an item and you go to somebody and be like i'll trade you this item for something else and then you take that item and you keep trading and you see how much it can escalate yeah. and so they traded the hot air balloon and they cut <laughs> they'll go back to the western air temple uh with a war balloon <laughs> or sorry war balloon a dirigible yeah but before they can go back we we see a pretty pretty intense moment as May, she was captured eventually. I guess she probably gave up after she thought they escaped. Oh, yeah, she did. Because then she got surrounded. Yeah, and now she has to confront Azula and Tylee. And mainly just Azula. Tylee's kind of just standing in the side like, oh, crap, my my best friends are fighting. She's kind of shaking in her boots. Oh, yeah. No, our shoes, I guess. But, like, yeah. Can, can I just say even, like, maybe the facial expression doesn't do enough. And that's nothing on the animators. But I think gray's performance as azula in this case there's a lot of like uh, there's some layers to it i like that she's she's like mm-hmm. kind of sh- she's shocked she's confused she's angry at the same time and gray does a fantastic job with that so i gotta give props to her for doing that even if even if the animation itself doesn't showcase that in her face uh, fully of course i don't mean that it doesn't but like yeah just shout out to her for for doing pulling that off it was really convincing and could have even just been she could have just resorted to screaming but she didn't which is what i like yeah and i like the callback because we saw earlier in the episode how arrogant she was azula about her knowing people and here's may surprising her and saying like uh you know you miscalculated i i love zuko more than i fear you and i think this is the first time we hear her say that she loves zuko yep before she was like i don't hate you so <laughs> no yeah no that's that that's that is definitely saying something because i guess she sees that zuko finally is doing something that is like you know it, it's a gamble it's he even though he's going against the system literally um, but he's doing something that he thinks is is right and he sees is, is the right direction. And so I think she admires him for that in that mm-hmm. he's not being decisive or anything like that or indecisive. Excuse me. He is yeah. uh, proactively going out and tr- trying to achieve his goals. And even if they don't align with hers, she's like, I uh, yeah, that's, this is why I like you. You're 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 rebel. What can I tell? What can I say? I like bad boys. Yeah. But her saying this, this this just enrages azula oh yeah and she she goes to she puts the fight on she's she readies she's got the pose of lightning going on i love may she just even though she may like get zapped or whatnot she readies a blade i love that about her i'm just like oh she's even if she's going down she's throwing a knife like into azula's eye yeah and it's up to tylee tylee she's been like i said shaking her boots 
and she just can't bear to see this happen. And even though she knows what will probably happen to her, she still has to disable. Uh, what's the word? Blocks uh, the pathways of Azula's chi to prevent her from even like, you know, bending anything, which is again out of nowhere. Like, holy smokes. I, I would not have seen that coming. And yeah. which that's a thing of like, okay, where does this come from? If actually, I guess what I could see it as is that like Tylee wants to be the mediator between the two. And so, you know, she knows if, you know, Azula is without her bending, then they can talk it out. But then she's like, okay, my let's may let's get out of here. And then they're surrounded. It's like, oh, geez, that's not good. And by the way, I know this, <laughs> this is like a little weird but like when when azula goes down after she gets paralyzed her face is kind of like either bendy or very like elongated but i think it works i think that actually like works in, in this favor uh, of of just animation anyways yeah so the two of them get arrested and yeah we'll see what happens to them later on but before before the episode ends we have to return back to the western air temple as the dirigible arrives back with the group and yeah we reunite with the, the rest of the gang with something bigger and better if it's like was it tough is like man you must have been catching some fish like this is a, this here's a, this ain't no like you know small trout or anything like that like oh man we'll be feasting for days and uh so we re uh for for katara's sake we um we may have not caught a lot of fish but we did get is our dad who is good at fishing uh and help that and also here's suki and here's a here's a new guy <laughs> i'm new what's up for everybody as chitsang says that it's like who yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm curious to see how he blends with the rest of their uh, dynamic going forward. Yeah, no, I I wonder how, you know, like Aang and, and Toph's like, hey, Suki, how's it going? But we don't see that. We're just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, but we do get to see a nice reunion with Katara and, yes, Sokka and, and their dad together. Nice yep. little family huddle there. Family hug. Yeah, no, that is at least a, a family comes together uh, in the end. As another family air quotes uh disbands and or is separated unfortunately that being the azula attack squad yeah but now that we've come to the end of this this long two-parter what's your thoughts on this one you know despite all the uh the stuff where we've been saying and whatnot it was i i did enjoy this episode or the this this yeah this this whole like two-parter yeah yeah me too it, it's it's definitely got a lot of flaws that are not uh not super well masked but I think it's enjoyable enough. I appreciate the setting. I appreciate uh, the characters all coming together. I, I really like the main and Zuko stuff. I think that's some of the best stuff in the episode. And so I, I can look past the flaws. I can look past them. Would you say that this is filler or this is story? It seems like story. Seems like story. Because the previous one had what was like story. Because like that's the like one of the most important parts of the story of Aang learn, finally learning firebending. Um, yeah. this one, yeah, this one is, is more like, I wouldn't say a side, yeah, I guess it is more like a filler ish one, but I feel like it's more like it's, it's a setup. It's, it's a setup for something larger where we have players. Now we have some new players in there. We have new dynamic shifts. Like we get, um, you know, Koda, Suki, and I don't know how Chitsang is going to work, but, uh, we get those guys part of, uh, the boomerangs again, and we have this expansion of, or this expansion or, Disbanding, there we go. We have this disbanding of the Tula attack squad. That's a big thing. So it's kind of like half and half almost, I'd say. And we got uh, a lot of 
Look at a lot. We did get some characterization and some uh, character interactions with Zuko and Sokka. So that, that did seem like it was pretty good. So I'm going to give it a light story um, uh, review or uh, uh, analysis, I suppose. And that, yeah, it's it's story, but in a very like light way. Like you kind of do need to see this episode. It's It definitely would be not worth the skip. Not that I yeah. would recommend you skip any of these episodes. I'm just saying like I'd, I'd put it on the lighter side of story. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed this episode. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen next, especially with Zuko and May. So hopefully they'll touch on that soon. But, uh, but yeah, thank you, uh, Isaac, for for joining me with this one. I don't know if you have much more to say, but, uh, but go ahead <laughs> if you do. I appreciate, I appreciate, sir. Thank you for, uh, you know, also you know going along with me, even if it was a bit long. Uh, apologies but hey we're we're done now so we'll we'll come back for the next one but until then um would you the uh, the listeners uh prefer to drown in either a boiling scalding lake of water or an acid lake till next time peace podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of avatar the last airbender and the legend of korra here we go again enter at your peril you'll never come back again it's got a death curse we have such sights to show you But I have that same prevailing view of the the third, maybe the second season of Korra as well. Yeah, no, maybe it was the second actually. I think was the one. We'll get to it. Yeah, no, it's book two. You're you're definitely right. It was Studio Perot, I believe, or Perot, excuse me. Yeah, I I have a prevailing view. Yeah, that that season looked terrible, and I was just like, oh my god. I I remember that there were multiple episodes where I had to rewind the episode because I was so distracted by the animation that I missed what was going on in the plot. But I don't know. Maybe I'll go back, and that will be less apparent than i thought as well i don't know when we get to it i'm not saying that every single you know episode in avatar does this i mean obviously the dr movies they probably weren't doing it but notice how and this is this is pointed out to me online don't worry i didn't notice it myself this is not something i came up with my own uh just note how 
none of the characters, or at least rarely do the characters in that show before JM or not JM, um, Studio Miri, I believe, uh, comes back. Uh, note how everybody doesn't blink. Yes. Oh, God. There were so many scenes where there was no movement. It would just be characters standing and just like so blocky and ooh, yeah. That that's one of the reasons I kept being like, is something wrong with my my TV? Like what? no. And then I'd be like, oh crap, I missed what happened in this episode. <laughs> Again, when you're like Perot are like very like acclaimed and well known. They're the guys who do Naruto. Um, but again, remember, animation in Japan is a lot more. I don't know. I, Avatar doesn't have this a lot, but like, again, save money there. They usually, this is smart as well. Uh, they usually just have a lot of, that's why they, see, this is what I like about Japan as well is that they like thought, they think creatively with this stuff where it's just like, okay, so we have a limited budget. We have 22 minutes. Uh, how do we save money on, you know, in between stuff before action scenes? We're just going to write, we have to write smarter. We have to be smarter with our writing uh, and give it to these characters to like monologue for whatever amount of periods of time and like just you know save money by like having the camera like pose on their faces they like you know pontificate over whatever the episodes of the discussions are uh so before they do the action scene which is where all the budget goes into so that's probably what they did with Korra but I don't know if the uh actual like storyboard guys in America did that or not uh I don't know because again it's America comes like guy, the guys at Nickelodeon come up like, well, or at least the guys in Avatar come up with the storyboards and whatnot and a script. And then like they go over uh, to South Korea or, you know, in that case, it was Studio Perot in Japan to animate the actual stuff. And obviously the animators can give their light touches of other stuff, but even still it's like, yeah. So it, the, the framing of the blocking or whatever you want to call it direction came from America. It just was the, the Japanese that animated the whole thing. <laughs> 